As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast and the Indiana Rutgers uh, pregame show. We have a good show setting up the game for you on Saturday. The game kicks off at noon at High Point Solution Stadium in Piscataway. Uh, the four and four Indiana Hoosiers take on the two and six and winless in the Big Ten Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Uh, I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. We'll bring in co-host TJ Inman. Uh, here shortly, I'm coming live from from uh, New York, and TJ's in Indianapolis. But first, I want to uh, give a shout out to all all the uh, all our listeners who are Cubs fans as well. There was a, a heck of a win and a heck of a game last night, and uh, enjoy it. Uh, listen to the podcast too, but enjoy the enjoy the win uh, and enjoy the World Series championship. So, uh, TJ, how are you? Yeah, I'm I'm doing great. I uh, I second those thoughts. Um I'm a, I'm a Cubs fan, not uh not as emotionally connected to it as I am with with IU football or basketball, but uh yeah, I, I became a Cubs fan um with their their run during uh the Steve Bartman year and I've watched a good portion of every game since then and um yeah, I I I would be lying if I said I didn't uh, didn't lose faith a little bit last night and start to uh, start to believe there was something to all the curse talk um, last night when they gave up uh, a two-run home run that tied the game up. But uh, it was an amazing amazing baseball game first and foremost, and a really cool sporting event. And I'm really happy for for the people that uh, I interact with online and and for uh, that are that are Cubs diehards and for the, the people I know. Uh, personally, that are Cubs diehards, I, I know they've waited a very, very long time for this, and there's a lot of people that are uh, feeling kind of fulfilled today, and they saw something they never thought they would. So um, I second those thoughts. Very, very cool event. Um, and uh, as for this week with with Indiana, it's uh, something we haven't seen for a long time. Certainly, it has not been 108 years, but we have not seen Indiana with a winning record. Uh, in the month of November, and we have a chance to see that with an IU win on Saturday if they can uh, take care of business in New Jersey. So that's pretty cool as well. Yeah, it's only been been nine years, but it it might feel like 108 to some. But uh, anyway, coming into this game, it's a big game for several reasons. One, this could be your fifth win of the year. Two, as you said, TJ, this gets you over 500 in the month of November for the first time since 2007 and sets you up well to get that sixth win uh, with Penn State coming in next week and Purdue Purdue at the end of the year. Um, so you'll have two shots at getting six – or three shots, really, at getting six wins with, you know, the, the middle game of that being on the road at Michigan, which is, you know, 
99.9% of the time, IU's going to lose up there. I don't think they've won there since the 60s, um, and it, everything goes wrong up there. But it gives you two shots to get bowl eligible uh, before the season's uh, set, and and really you could set your, your sights on maybe where Indiana will go. But anyway, uh, TJ, IU is a, a two-touchdown favorite, which is another rarity on the road in the Big Ten for the Hoosiers. Uh, but, yeah. you know, this game, I, I think, you know, I've been talking to fans and, and people have been commenting on it. And the next step, logical step in IU football is, you know, let's beat the teams we're supposed to beat. And, and Rutgers is a team, regardless of home or road, is a team you're supposed to beat. You're a two-touchdown favorite um, against a team who's winless in the Big Ten, has two wins overall. They played some teams tough, but, you know, they – they, they lost. Uh, they've, they're coming off a, a narrow loss where they they had a late lead uh, against Minnesota on the road, and Minnesota kicked a last second field goal. They they lost to a, a bad Illinois team at home, and then you, you had the back to back, you know, fifty fifty eight nothing and seventy eight nothing losses to to Michigan. And this team really changed when Janarian Grant went down against Iowa at the beginning of the Big Ten season. But this is a team that Indiana needs to start fast, um, score some points, get some tack-on points. And, and I'll reference the game last night. And, you know, you see the, the Cubs opened up a lead and opened up a lead. Now, you know, there was a point in time where they had – I think they had the bases loaded and, and could have scored some more runs. That's what Indiana needs to do is the football equivalent of, of putting up that picket fence is just – keep piling the points on, make it more difficult for a team who's, you know, averaging 307 total yards uh, of offense and 18.5 points per game uh, on the year to, you know, if he just puts the points out, you could take, you know, take their will to win and, and just crush it. And I think that that's the next logical step for IU football. Um, instead of playing down to your opponent, let's see them play, you know, play their brand of football and and play to their highest level and see what you could do against a, a bad Rutgers team. You certainly hope that's that's the mindset they come into this with. Uh, we touched on it a tad bit on the uh, Maryland postgame show, kind of the mentality that IU needed to have this week uh, was one of not being satisfied with yourself after beating Maryland. Uh, yeah, you got the four and four, good job, but you know you you celebrate that win for a little bit. I know it's typically referred to as twenty four hour rule. You celebrate that for twenty four hours, and then you forget about it, and it's on to the next game, and you have to prepare. And it, the IU players talked about it before the Maryland game about having to do the little things, uh, get back to doing the fundamentals and the little things, pay attention to those, do them right during the week leading up to that Maryland game, and they, afterwards they said, we did that this past week. We did that. We got back to it, got back to the basics, took care of them, and did those little things well that won us that game. Now, you could argue yeah, as, as long as it wasn't a special those little piece. things. Right, and then some stupid penalties, uh, taunting, and then a roughing the passer that ended up not mattering other than the scoreline. But uh, still, they they did a better job than they had been doing particularly with, you know, blocking assignments, 
uh, not picking up holding penalties, uh, executing inside the red zone for the most part. So they did those things better. But, yeah, it wasn't perfect. So they need to have that same focus, mentality throughout this week of practice. We have no clue if that's what's being done, but we have to hope that it is. And then on, on Saturday, like you said, come out, establish yourself early, establish your game plan early, and force Rutgers to, to chase you. And then just keep pulling away from them. Don't give them a chance to pull off the upset. It's a game that I'm sure they come in after their bye week with a new quarterback. This is going to be uh, this is his second career start, Giovanni Resigno. Um, they feel, I'm sure, like after their bye week, that they've figured some things out. They're going to have a little bit more confidence than they've had in quite a while, uh, just out of not being on the field for two weeks and then probably feeling like they've, they've uh, fixed some of the problems that they saw on film from their, their first games. And then the last game that they played was against Minnesota, and it's the best game they've played all year. Uh, so they're, they're going to feel pretty confident. So it's important for Indiana to get off to that good start and kind of, I don't want to say put them back in their place because Rutgers has beaten Indiana the two times they've played in conference. Uh, but this particular edition of Rutgers, they're just 2-6. and six. Make sure you remind them early. You're winless in conference for a reason. Yeah, you might be better than you were when you got hammered by Ohio State and Michigan, but we're still a superior team and we still control how things are going to go today. So that's going to be the important mindset that you do from a – from a strictly physical on-field standpoint, not taking into account any of the, any of the intangibles, uh, it's going to be uh, a different attack than what Indiana saw against Maryland, but Rutgers is still going to have an emphasis on running the ball with a, a trio of running backs. They've got, they've got a, a pretty good stable. I don't think that any of these guys that Rutgers has are as good as Ty Johnson. Um, I feel very confident in saying that. They might not be as good as Lorenzo Harrison either, but they're about at that level, Lorenzo Harrison's level. Um, you know, they definitely miss Janarian Grants. There's no doubt. Uh, he was the biggest big play explosive threat that they had, both on special teams and if they could get him the ball on offense, but he's out for the year. So, you're going to see them hand it off to Robert Martin if he plays. He's listed as day-to-day. He missed the Minnesota game. He's the leading rusher, uh, averaging 5.3 yards a carry. Then they've got Justin Goodwin, who carried the ball the most against Minnesota, and he's pretty equal to Robert Martin. I'd say those two are interchangeable. And then Josh Hicks, a little bit of a different uh, different back. But those three are going to be what you see, a difference from the Maryland run game. You're not going to see near as much misdirection, uh, near as much motion from the outside. Uh, they're, they're, it's more of a traditional run game, and then they'll use play action to throw deep. They mentioned, their coaches mentioned in their press conference this week that they wanted to continue to allow uh, Giovanni Rossigno to kind of develop his deep ball. They feel like he has a very strong arm. But uh, so far, the receivers this season have not been able to come down with too many deep passes. Uh, and they, during the press conference, they kind of put the blame on the receivers for not coming down with it. It seemed like they were pretty happy with Resigno's deep ball, just the receivers, mainly Andre Patton and Jawan Harris are going to be those guys uh, that they try to target deep, which 
I'm okay with. Indiana's done a pretty good job uh, of particularly Richard Fant and Sean Riggins and uh, even Marcelino Ball uh, we saw in deep coverage. They've done a pretty good job with deep coverage so far this season. I, I'm, I'm all right. If Rutgers wants to take a bunch of deep shots, they might hit one or two of them, but I think on the whole it'll come out in Indiana's advantage. Um, but yeah. you know you'll see them you'll see them try to pound the ball, and Indiana I would think after the success they had on Saturday with the running game, I would really hope that that's the mentality Indiana comes out with as well. I think both teams will definitely want to try and establish the line of scrimmage as being theirs, and uh, it's going to be important for IU to to try and make sure that that last week was not a one game fluke that they've actually found the rushing attack. Are they going to run for 414 again? Yeah, I mean, you highly doubt that. But there's no reason no, they can't Rutgers, have a really good day on the ground again. Yeah, well, Rutgers is giving up 261.1 uh, yards on the ground. Uh, Maryland, you know, over their last three was giving up 292. This is a team, again, that Indiana, especially with Dan Feeney, now two games back and, and you know, getting into better game shape and, and uh, seeing him, maybe he could play the entire game. Now I know Josh, Josh Bailey, uh, Jacob Bailey um, came in and spelled, spelled Feeney a couple of times and, and played really well, but having a, yeah. a, a full strength Dan Feeney back, I mean, it, it opened up holes and, and gave that running game some confidence. Um, even with the, uh, the the bacon and legs, uh, uh, you know, offensive package there. You'll probably see that again. We'll see how Rutgers can adjust to it. Uh, they have it on tape now. They're they're able to game plan it. That's something Maryland didn't do. They were not expecting it. Uh, it caught them off guard. Um, DJ or DJ Durkin said for some of the game, it looked like the entire game that that offense uh, could do whatever it wanted to against Maryland. Uh, and then you have. You know, Richard Lego coming in and throwing the ball well, um, you know, well as well. So you're, you have now a, a multidimensional offense that's causing problems for, for defenses. You know, they looked like they got, went really fast, um, probably the fastest yes. they've gone all season. Um, you I know, agree. in the first quarter there when they got off to the, that 13 nothing start. And even with changing the, the the quarterbacks and and the packages, they still went fast, which is you know which is great and and it's good to see. And as long as they can block that those plays, they'll run them. And uh, we'll see how IU adjusts off of Rutgers adjustments. But but this is a team that you know IU. This is not you're not going into the horseshoe. You're not playing to get into the fourth quarter close. You got to go in there and and keep in mind what happened last year when IU blew leads in the first half and the second half and ultimately lost 55-22 or 55-52 you know it, just keep going keep your keep your foot on the gas and and get it going now the defense is much improved over last year and we've all seen it uh one of the things in in my numbers to matter TJ was Rutgers has put the ball on the ground 15 times uh they, so they have 15 fumbles they've lost 10 of them the ball is going to hit the turf on Saturday uh, for Rutgers, you have a, a ball hawk linebacker uh, like Marcus Oliver, who is now, you know, sits atop of the lead of force fumbles. Uh, you have safeties who are ripping at the ball. Um, so, you know, Tom Allen's going to be licking his chops to, to get, you know, takeaways. Uh, 
any way he can uh, on Saturday. And I think Rutgers is is a team that the, you know, like any bad team, there's a reason they're they're two and six and and zero oh and five in the Big Ten. It's you know they they don't do things very well, and you know that and there are a lot of things to look at the take or the giveaways. Uh, they're you know they're giving up to 260 plus yards on the ground. They're scoring. I think they're seven seven for 18 on red zone touchdowns. 13 for 18 on red zone scores. So they've only been in the, inside the 20, um, you know, 18 times. So they don't do a lot great. And then, you know, finally Alex wrote on his matchup to watch is the IU pass rushers against this Rutgers offensive line. I think Rutgers has given up. Uh, tw- 21 sacks, um, and, and we'll see. You know, IU got four sacks last week against Maryland. Yes, some of them might have been uh, because of the the runs by Perry Hills, but this is an offensive line that's struggling, and, and IU can get pressure on it, whether it be from uh, you know a Marcelino Ball or a Tigre Scales or just the front four. Um, you know, pu- getting some push, and, and you saw. Nate Hoff and, and those guys really drive those offensive linemen from Maryland back into the quarterback and and um, really disrupt the pocket. So, to me, it, there's a reason Rutgers is bad, and IU's got to come into this. You know, you don't want to take them lightly, but you have to realize this is a team that we should beat, that we should beat by more than two touchdowns, and let's go do it. I, I think the most interesting thing defensively for me to watch uh, the past two games against Northwestern and Maryland, uh, the first half defense was not not up to the standard that we've seen the rest of the season. Uh, they have made adjustments and played better in the second half of both of those games. Um, against Maryland, the adjustment was setting the edge better on the perimeter. Uh, which against Northwestern that was the case too, but I thought against Maryland it was just the tackling in space was a little bit better than it had been, and you're able to get Maryland. All it took against Maryland was getting them off schedule a little bit, and their offense would fall apart. Uh, For Rutgers, it could be a a fairly similar thing. You, You need to continue like we saw against Northwestern in the second half, we saw it against Maryland in the second half. If you can get this offense off schedule, uh, you feel pretty good about your chances to either, like you said, make them make a mistake by putting the ball on the ground or just forcing them into a punting situation. Um, the way Indiana's secondary has been playing, uh, I think that I, I'd be pretty confident if Indiana can routinely put them into third and medium, third and long positions with this inexperienced quarterback, uh, Giovanni Rastigno. Uh, they they will also play a – it looks like they're going to try to play a quarterback, uh, Tyler Owen, um, or Tylen Odin, excuse me. Tylen, yeah, weird name. But yes. um, he will get a little bit of game action, it looks like. He played briefly uh, last week, and the, the coaching staff said this week that they want to try to get him live game reps. Um He's there's barely I don't have hardly any film watching him. I I've, I watched all of went back and watched all of Rutgers games and I didn't see uh, didn't see much that's going to tell me what kind of player he was. I tried doing quite a bit of research, didn't see that either. 
Uh, appears to be more of a dual threat guy than Resigno is, so maybe we'll yeah, see he has, him. He's carried the ball 23 times for 96 yeah. yards. Um, he looks like a guy who kind of like Maryland used uh, Pigrom uh, in terms of they're going to he, – he's he's an athletic guy. They're going to try and get a mismatch on the outside and, and see him yeah. uh, to use like that. He's only thrown, thrown five passes. Uh, one completion, and it was for two yards. So I don't know if they're going to trust him to throw the ball all that much. But, you, you know, seeing Resigno, he, he's completing 57.1 one of his passes. So, you know, none of these guys are, are uh, you know, John Elway out there. He, he's thrown uh, three interceptions uh, this year. And so, you know, let's let's see what this defense could do. Let's Let's be aggressive and – and see what they could do. And then, you know, you gotta, gotta watch, as you said earlier, the run rushing game, Robert Martin, I believe had three touchdowns last year against IU. Yep. Uh, he, he's a terrific back. He should be back. I think he was listed on the injury report for Rutgers, but he should be back and available uh, for IU. I don't know in what capacity, but um, if he plays, that's a guy who, who, who runs hard. He averages 5.3 yards to carry. Um, and, and he could break them, uh, break a long one. But you know, this is this is a team. You cannot let this team hang around. Uh, they did that last year, and and they had some hope. So you know, let, you can't let them hang around. You can't let uh, this young quarterback get comfortable in the pocket and start completing passes. So you know, if it takes you a series or two to figure it out on defense, make those adjustments and make them quickly, and hopefully you hold them for to field goals. Yeah. Yeah, the the red zone will continue to be a, a point of discussion for us. You know, last week Indiana did a tremendous job of uh, well, it was more the the bacon and legs package that kind of solved the red zone issues. It seems that they were able to to do that. Indiana ended up with. Uh, I'm, I think it was six of eight. Is that right? Six of eight on red zone uh, opportunities, and then one of those that was not converted was a missed field goal after a taunting penalty. So um, it was better. It wasn't perfect, but if you can get six of eight every week, you'll feel pretty good about your chances to win the game. So that was better. And yeah, if, if Rutgers does get down there, you want to. Uh, want to try to hold them to field goals and then make your adjustments to, to prevent them from getting down down to the red zone in the future. As far as injuries go for Indiana, uh, Brandon Knight not going to play this week. Uh, Delroy Baker likely to get the start, I would assume. Yeah, I, I, I would um, think so. He played very well last yeah, week, and then you I might so. see yeah. um, some other guys come in. But, you know, he, he played well, and, you know, this is his shot to – to make a case for, for that position, for the tackle position next year. Um, or, yep. you know, we're to start on the line next year. So, you know, it's time for him to send a message. And, you know, the other injury, we, we have not gotten an injury update on Mike Majette, who went out um, yeah. last week. with It looked like a leg injury. Um, and who knows, what, Wilson's what calling think, Brandon Knights. And, go ahead. What do you think Indiana does if – so let's – we like you said, we do not know. So this is speculation on our part. But let's say that Mike Majette can't go this week. Uh, that would leave Indiana 
without Cole Guest, without Mike Majet. So you're looking at Divine Redding, uh, Tavernati, who it appears they're not going to use as a traditional running back very often uh, unless we see another wrinkle this week, which could happen. But um, So it, it's going to leave you with Redding and, and Devontae Williams, who uh, barely received any kit that like one carry maybe against uh, – against Maryland, but he's he's not received very many carries so far this year. I thought I thought he looked pretty good a couple weeks ago, but he didn't see the field much uh, last Saturday except for returns. So uh, do you think Indiana would, would go to Rodriguez as as the next next back, or maybe does Clyde Newton actually get a carry, or uh, what do you think happens if well, Mike Majek can't go? Interesting you bring Clyde Newton up. I don't think he's made a road trip um, for a while yeah. since uh, yeah. probably the FIU game. I know he wasn't at Northwestern. I don't think he traveled to Ohio State. Uh, but, you know, at the beginning of the yeah, season, this would be a perfect spot go, for then. Clyde Newton. Yeah. So I, I don't yeah. know if Majek can or can't go. Uh, for the sake of argument, let's say he can't. I, I would think that Alex Rodriguez, who's gotten scout team honors, uh, you know, for most of the season, he's a hard runner yeah. who can carry the ball. Um, and then maybe you see Ricky Brookins back there as well. He knows the offense. He knows how to play running back. Uh, they moved him to slot, but he, he could be a guy who could get a couple of carries as well. But this is a game where you know, this might be the game that Devontae Williams breaks out, um, that you might see – uh, Tyler and AT get more carries. I know he had 18 last week, but he might get the same number, maybe even crack that 20 mark. Uh, you might see Devine Redding get uh, more carries. And then, you know, they played Xander Diamond uh, at the at, uh, halfback as well, taking handoffs. So, yeah. you know, yeah. they'll, they'll slide him in there. Hopefully, Majette plays. Uh, he shows some great bursts. Again, especially with Dan Feeney back, that screen pass is, is looks like a deadly weapon again. So they hopefully he's back. Play. Yeah, I, I at the injury again. All season. I looked at yeah, I looked at the injury again and um and on ESPNU, which is awful. Like their broadcast is terrible. Um, but that's a, that's another podcast for another day. But it didn't look too bad. It looked like he he you know twisted an ankle or or pulled a hand. I think he was holding his hamstring. So. You know, maybe with a little rest and and some some treatment, he'll be back. But I, I think they'll be okay on the ground. It's not like they're going up a, against a stout, a real stout rushing defense. Um, and you could feel pretty comfortable with the Vine Redding against this defense. So I, it, it'd be nice to have Majet there, but you you could finagle it however you want to with with the guys you have on the roster and, and you you know missing in action is Clyde Newton and he's a guy in the preseason when they talked to coach McCulley he said he was going to play and now he's not even traveling with with the team um yeah. to road games so who, who knows what his effort has been like in practice it looked like his effort was good uh during fall camp he was running hard uh and all those things, but who knows? As the season goes along, it's your senior year, uh, and you haven't seen the field all that much, and it's got to be frustrating for him. But um, you know, we'll, we'll see on on Saturday when they come out for warmups if if he's there and and if Majet's up. But it would be, I I would think you're going to get a heavy dose of, of Redding, uh, Tyler Nati, and 
Devontae Williams and, and uh, Xander Diamont, whether he's running at quarterback or taking handoffs from uh, from Nate, uh, Nate. Yep, I, that that would seem to be the the logical the logical thing. And then you'd have Rodriguez as kind of a emergency or just you know help you uh, get some fresh legs late in the game if you're just running out the clock, uh, which we we hope is the case. Um, yeah, so I, that'll be that'll be just an interesting little subplot to keep an eye on. Maybe it's some guys getting a bit more work than what they're what they've been accustomed to so far, like Devontae Williams, or or maybe a, an Alex Rodriguez getting getting some work after good work on the scout team. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. Or maybe Mike Majette's perfectly fine and he goes and resumes the role that he had last week, which was uh, a good game for him. Um, so we'll see how that how that happens. I um, I think that'll be interesting to watch, and I, I'm also really looking forward to seeing how Richard Legault kind of backs up what was a very efficient performance uh, on Saturday. I, I know that he did not have sparkling numbers, but I thought I thought he played his best game on on Saturday, uh, better than uh, really better than he'd looked. He, he more comfortable than he'd looked running the tempo, and I thought decision-making-wise, there was only one, maybe two poor decisions that he made. None of them proved to be costly. Uh, and it, I, I thought that when when they did ask him to make plays, which wasn't all that often thanks to the great success of the running game, but when he was asked to make plays, he did. And I, I thought that was yes. pretty impressive. Um, overall, I thought he did a nice job of – I will not say a game manager, but I thought he was very efficient on Saturday. And if we get that from Richard Legault moving forward, I feel really good about the Rutgers game, really good about the Purdue game. And, and you feel you feel like you've got a real shot against Penn State if he can give you that kind of efficient performance. Yeah, and to go back to Lego, he made plays when he needed to. And especially on that yep. first drive where if IU goes three and out, out come the, the moan and groans about this offense. And, he and give credit to Nick Westbrook too because he made a, a a great catch in yes. traffic, uh, but Couple that first third too. down throw and, and going four for four on on that drive before, um, you know before being replaced by the the uh, bacon and legs package, you know he he looked more confident. I think he's comfortable, and it seems like him and and Diamond have a good relationship. They're you know, high-fiving and, and chest-bumping each other on the sidelines when, when each has success. So maybe this is the, the kind of offense that they need is to, to run in and out and, you know, hopefully he keeps warm. I think the weather's supposed to be decent. It might be a little chilly. Uh, but that's one of the things that could concern you running this offense is how, how is Lego going to stay warm on the, on the sideline when he's taken out for – you know, a handful of plays or so. And it didn't affect him against Maryland because it's 80, close to 80 degrees and yeah, really don't yeah. get, you know, that, that tight on the sidelines. But going forward, it should be colder weather um, the next four games. So we'll see. But this is this is a game that, that he can hopefully let, let some passes rip, gain some more confidence and build off of that good performance. So, TJ, let's – Let's get into um, some predictions uh, before we uh, let our listeners go back to enjoying uh, their celebrations uh, on uh, on the Cubs World Series. So, what, what's your prediction uh, prediction going forward? 
Uh, I, I do think that the Rutgers offense is in better hands with Brasigno than it was. He looked better against Minnesota than Chris Leviano did at any point uh, during his time as Rutgers quarterback this year. So I, I do think Rutgers and their I think I think their offense is is okay. It's definitely not good without Janarian Grant, but I think it's okay. Um, and I think Indiana's defense will again struggle a little bit for a, a brief period of time before making some adjustments. I like where I use offense is at right now. I think they're going to have a ton of confidence coming off of uh, their performing in the performance against Maryland. And I, I do think they understand the urgency of, of how well they need to play on Saturday to back up a good performance against Maryland. Um, so I like Indiana to keep running the ball well. Uh, and I think this Rutgers secondary, um, well, not a weak spot for them. I, it's not particularly great either. They give up a pretty high number of or high level of efficiency uh, to the opposition. I think it's second highest efficiency. Uh, given up in the conference. They don't give up ton of yards. That's probably because people just run on them. So I like Indiana to, to put up some points. I'm going to go uh, Indiana scoring 38, Rutgers scoring 20. So Indiana wins 38 to 20, covers that spread. I don't care about that, though. It's all about getting that fifth win and setting yourself up to go back to the postseason. Yeah, this is, you know, it's about getting that fifth win, getting two in a row. Um, you know, just yeah, it's about winning on Saturday, and, and that's what the coaches are going to say. We're, we can only play the game that's in front of us, and the game that's in, yep. in front of them is Rutgers. Um, it's a game where you want to start changing people's per, uh, perceptions that you're more than just a mediocre team who plays up and down to their competition. This is it. This is how, how you send a message to um, to recruits, to fans, to the rest of the league to say that, hey, we're taking care of business and, and we're going to go on the road and, and beat teams that we should beat um, and, and take care of business. So I think IU is going to get the run game, continue to get the run game going. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I, they – this is a, a defense they should be able to run against. They should be able to pass against. It shouldn't be a one-dimensional offense. Um, I'm going to go Indiana 42, Rutgers uh, 21. I will double them up. It's, you know, an offense that might uh, break a few big plays on, on IU's defense. Although IU, has, yeah. you know, before last week, hadn't given up a rush over 30 yards. So, uh you will see. I don't think uh, I don't think Robert Martin is as fast as uh, Ty Johnson is, uh, who, who looked no. very much like um, Tevin Coleman out of the Maryland backfield. But th- this is a game that IU they'll, they'll be able to run the ball. They should be able to pass the ball. I think the weather's okay in terms of the wind. That stadium, the wind, I don't think plays a, a huge factor. It's closed on both sides. I think Lego is going to be able to uh, throw it out uh, to the, his receivers with with relative ease. And, you know, you got Dan Feeney back, third game back. He's back in, in a better rhythm, and, and you're going to see IU um, hopefully uh, bull, bulldoze this Rutgers team, and then you go into Penn State with a lot of momentum. Yeah, that's the hope. I, I, I think you're, you're definitely – uh, hoping not to have a nail biter on Saturday uh, and just be able to 
to control things from the get-go. I, I don't expect a, a total lopsided victory, but uh, I, I'm hoping Indiana plays a really solid game. So, like you said, uh, get that fifth win and feel really good about about how well you're playing. You know, it's it's not easy to win against Big Ten opposition. So if you can get back-to-back Big Ten wins, that's a rarity for Indiana. Um, not something you never see, but it's something that doesn't happen all that often. So if well, you can happened, do it for it a happened second last straight year, season. And it happened right, yeah. in 20 – did it happen in 2013? I know it happened in 2012. Um, I think 2012 yeah. was the last time it happened before last year. So it's yeah, not a total rarity, but it's – it No, if you can do it in back-to-back years, it's a – that's an accomplishment, but the most important thing is to put together a solid performance, back up what you did against Maryland, get to five and four, and then and then get ready for for a big one against Penn State. Uh, you know, a loss a loss on Saturday would uh, be a huge step back and put a ton of pressure on the Penn State game, uh, which you know you saw would the probably uh, be the a noon game as well. Yeah, if you saw the college football playoff uh, rankings, uh, Penn State apparently the 12th best team in the country. So take that for what you want. And uh, I, I don't agree with it, but, hey, it, it's a game that Indiana will be an underdog in regardless of what happens this weekend. So uh, this is a game that I you need to come out, take care of business, get that fifth win, and then we'll worry about style points later on. But I, I – I kind of feel like Indiana found something last Saturday just in terms of confidence that uh, I hope will carry over against Rutgers and be able to have a pleasant afternoon after a good IU win. Yes, and, you know, I'll I'll be happy sitting in traffic uh, in New Jersey on the way back to Manhattan after after an IU win. But, TJ, thanks for joining us, and that'll do it for our pregame show. Check back at HoosierHuddle.com all, all week. We'll have our game day primer coming out tomorrow. Uh, we'll have live tweets from the game on Saturday, as well as our uh, game story and game wrap and reaction. Uh, in, enjoy it. The game kicks off at noon. It's on Big Ten Network. So check your local listings and have a great uh, rest of the day. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis. Go green with solar panels or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.